This is Tom from Two Toms Brewing Company, and you're listening to Out Here Having a Pint. Ten, nine, ignition sequence starts. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That's one small step for man, one giant hop for out here having a pint. Hey, little craft beard nerds, welcome to Out Here Having a Pint. This is your host, Pup Dog, in the house. And uh, with me today, to my right, which I usually say it's Kelsey, but to my right, we have Kelly. Kelly's in the house. How's it going, Kelly? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So for those that don't know Kelly, we've talked about her. She works at Hoosier Brewing, and she does the Axis. So, you know, we, uh, we, we spoke about you um, the last time on our podcast. I heard that. I yeah? heard that. Yeah, that yep. was pretty awesome. Yep. So how do you, um, are you, are you still liking doing the axe throwing? Oh, I love doing it. I love doing it. When I was there picking up beer today, I actually stopped and helped some chicks because they were just throwing badly. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, helped, I, I stood there for like 30 seconds and helped them, and then they were nailing it. So wow. it was cool. Yeah, nice. I love it. Yeah, so Kelly is a badass axe thrower herself. So, um, and you know, you, you, you just randomly go out on your days off and then just throw knives at trees? I do. Yeah? At dead trees, at dead trees, I don't harm anything living. Okay. At this stage. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> at this stage, I'm not harming anything that is living. Mm. Yes. So, um, men watch out because she knows how to throw weapons at things. So, I do. I do. Man, that's kind of scary. All right. All right. Right across from Kelly, we have Kelsey. Kelsey's in the house. How's it going, Kelsey? It's going great. What have you been doing since the last time uh, we spoke? Uh, drinking. Yeah, we had a podcast uh, a few days ago. We did. Um, on, the back, on the back deck. Talking about cicadas. And speaking of cicadas, we, we mentioned uh, one of our friends that eats cicadas. That's McKinley. McKinley, if you're listening, oh, my God. I, I'm, I cannot eat a cicada for sure. Last night, we, were, we was at the sinkhole with McKinley until 4 o'clock in the morning just jamming out, doing some karaoke and talking about cicadas. And, yeah, it was great. <laughs> So what do you think about that? Or, I mean, I, he's going to have like an event where actually he has a, um, a food truck with cicadas as a menu, like cicada tacos. He's all into it now. Yeah, yeah, he is all into it. He's even like thinking about doing a beer with cicadas. How do you do that? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But what do you think about Kelsey? Kelsey, would you go in line and have anything like a cicada salad or a taco or no? no. What about candy? Like if it was like a... No. No? no, nothing, nothing cicada. I would be interested. I would try it. However, I don't. I don't feel like I need to eat cicadas at this point in my I life. Did, everyone has says that they taste like boiled peanuts. So why not just eat a damn boiled peanut? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. I'm. Listen. I, we're okay now. We can have food. We have food, right? Yeah, we do have food for so right now. So until I get to that point where I have to eat bugs, I'm cool. I did. Uh, I did came up with a great idea for the menu. I was like, you should put on the top of your menu 17 years in the making. And then it just, it, it, it is, uh, I'm go. telling you right now, people should hire me for my ideas because it's going to be, I mean, it's fantastic every time. All right. So to your right, Kelsey, we have the one and the only Tom from Two Toms Brewing. Woo-hoo. Hey. 
Back again. Back again. Man, it's been um it's been a, a while. Over a year. Yeah, yeah it it's like been over a year. May last year. Did we have the podcast before was that before COVID or was that during like the it was startup? During COVID. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I came down, it was my birthday, came down to sinkhole. We hung yep. out there and yeah, that. and had a good time. Yep. So, Kelsey, where are we at right now, though? Because we're, we're not at Two Toms. We're not in Fort Wayne, which I wish, you know, we were in Fort Wayne, like, all the time because I talk about Two Toms all the time. Where are we at right now? We're at a tap room. A, what, which tap room? A tap room. Well, I mean, I know, but which, which one? It's a tap room. Ah, that's what it's called, a tap room. Mm-hmm. You know what? So, a tap room, um, where the coal ship used to be, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's now no longer the coast ship. It's a uh, tap room here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they have a great concept. Um, every month they rotate their beers, so um, a different brewery will take over their entire taps, and they mo- they modify the uh, the tap room for uh, for a brewery. Like right now, it's two toms. So two toms is on their on their guest tabs and they modified it they have like two toms glasses here they have the two toms logos all around and it's the merch the merch yeah you could buy two toms swag you could get two toms cans to go so yeah it's it's like a tap takeover on steroids i mean it's the full month and uh the way they're orchestrating is really really cool because they 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 want their their staff to you know understand the beer understand two toms and uh it's it's really cool. I mean, even even you're drinking out of glassware. It's like it, it was funny. Other than my house, you know, it was like <laughs> yeah. odd to be drinking a two times beer in our glass. Yeah. In, in a different location. Yeah. So, really cool. And they're great glasses too. I'm gonna have to buy one. I, I just love the logo and everything about it. So, uh, do they uh, a tap room? When did they reach out to you? And when did they schedule this whole guest tap thing? Gosh, Eric reached out when it. He had to have the concept going for a little bit, but um, early on he reached out and said, hey, I'm doing this. Um, gosh, I, w- I would say it's maybe November last year. Hmm. So it was early, wow. early yeah. but he was like still like, he was, he was really going with it and wanted us to be one of the kind of the early breweries, uh, liked our stuff. Um, you know, he allowed us to, I mean, you know, and working for, Bare hands allowed us to like right when we were brand new, one month into it, invited us to uh, you know their their big anniversary, their their double tie day, got to bring beer. So I mean we've had that friendship for a bit, and uh, yeah, he reached out and said, hey, you know this is what we want to do, and then he told me how much beer that he need for the month, and like my jaw dropped, and because uh, <laughs> I, I mean you know we may be known, but we're still kind of a small brewery, and uh, you know keeping up with the demand just in the tap room alone our own tap room is right. hard at times um you know we do have good accounts that we drop some stuff off but it's it's a sprinkling here or there um so th- this is almost like doubling our tap room oh wow right. so, yeah. i think it's a great concept here they got a tap room i was kind of worried at first i'm i didn't know my question was to Eric Faust that what happens to some of the cakes, like say it's June 30th or whatever, and you have to change the cake. What do you do with the remaining cakes? And they say that they, you know, set it aside for the staff. So when, you know, staff has um, their shifties at the end of the yep. night or something yep. like that, then they would just, I was like, damn, that's great. That's yeah. awesome and, and fantastic. And yeah. It looks like towards the end of the month, I mean, you know, there's great sales. I mean, you're, you're allowed beyond kind of, the cans to go you could fill a growler holler they get the bullets and other things and uh you know if something's not moving you know that just like any other place you offer like a, a discount or a special and as the month goes on if something's 
needs to move a little bit quicker. I'm, I'm sure they do that too. So, Kelly, have you ever had uh, two Toms Brewing before? I before actually, this? No, I actually haven't, and I've been super impressed. Yeah. Super, super impressed, Tom. Yeah, no, these sours are absolutely on point, and that's all that I've gotten into so far yeah. tonight. Yeah. Um, and I need to try some more before we leave. But damn, the sours, mm-hmm. seriously, and Thank the cherry you. one, seriously. Yeah. 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 We've been definitely become known for our sours just really balanced uh, drinkable crushable Absolutely. the right balance of fruit not overly fruited not overly tart um, and, and no. this is the time of year they drink really good when it's nice and warm out they're refreshing yeah yeah well, i drink sours year round so yeah. there you go. <laughs> and, these, and these are beautiful absolutely beautiful thank you yeah. yeah kelsey this has been a while since we've been actually out here really having a pint and having a podcast right so the ambiance in the background is basically what we do, right? Because we wouldn't really be out here having a pint if we weren't out here having a pint. You know what I mean? Exactly. We'd be just be faking it. We're finally know? not outside at our own house. We're actually out somewhere having a pint. I like it because right now, like, um, you know, the mask mandate is still going on in Marion County, of course, but um, it may be lifted, you know, June 6th. But uh, I kind of feel like we're heading in the right direction. Everybody's getting vaccinated, you know, and... Um, yeah, man, I just want to go back to normal. Which, you know, I, I enjoy, like, going out and about to places and doing podcasts. But um, we've we've been doing a lot from home because we have a few people that have reached out to us from out of the state or even this country to do podcasts, in which we had, we do have to do those at home usually. But sure. um, we'll, we'll still continue doing that. But we're looking forward to seeing breweries and, and people out and about now setting up some podcasts with some breweries around. Introduce Kelly to some places she hasn't been. There you go. Take her to Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Fort Wayne for sure, man. Fort Wayne's great. And I used, I used to run Fort Wayne when I was young, and uh, but we weren't in brewery stages at that point. You know, the craft oh, yeah. beer scene wasn't really big. Yep. But I am from Northern Indiana, and I do like the Fort Wayne area, so I am looking forward to heading up there with you guys. So Tom, you got an anniversary coming up, though, right? We do. Yes, our, our third anniversary coming up in July. Uh, so July twenty fourth, and we've always done a fun thing for our anniversary. So we have uh, kind of a slash festival slash anniversary party, but we, it's a luau. So mm. we do a lot of tropical kind of themed beers and have had fun with that. Um, I have an affection for Kona and the Big Island just from my triathlon days and getting into the world championship there. So we have fun with it. You know, originally some people asked, like, are you going to change it up each year and do something, a different theme? But We've gone with that luau theme, and you know, it fits just right. Uh, a lot of people bring their own Hawaiian shirts or buy Hawaiian shirts. Uh, the music, the theme of the beers, just makes it fun. So this year we're going to do it much more like we did our first year. Uh, COVID, we kind of did a little bit more low-key, but we still kind of had it going. But uh, this year we're looking to have 40-plus beers um, in a 20, 30 breweries, um, do it more kind of a beer garden. So... You don't have all the stations, so you're going to have, you know, three three to four big areas where you could get a selection of beer and other things like that. Um, hopefully uh, our, our food partner does a hog roast again and have some fun with that. But uh, we'll do it in the front, so if it is a hot year, you could still kind of dive into the tap room and, you know, get some air conditioning too. Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time, the first year we went there, It was two, I think it was a couple of years ago, it was so hot out there. It was the hottest Man. day of the year. But it was fun because yeah. you had the Flex crew out there. They had a number of other breweries. McKinley was out there when he was repping um, 450. That was so much fun. It was fun. It was, it was, it was fantastic. I, I didn't want to, to leave. Back. 
Man, yes. What was the year? What was the first year? 2019? Uh, was yeah. it 2019? Yeah. yeah. We opened yeah. in 2018. Yeah. 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 Speaking of opening, I know you've said this on our podcast plenty of times, but just for the new listeners, tell us how, um, because I get a lot of people coming in, because I, I have your beer on, on our guest tab. So I have a lot of people like wanting to know. I actually had somebody come in and say he met like both the Toms um, at the uh, two Toms. Yeah. And I'm like, you are <laughs> such a liar. But uh, <laughs> that's here and there. And you, you, you'll, you'll probably explain this. But tell us how you started Two Toms. Because a lot of people think there's like actually two Toms. Yeah. So it's, it's a play on a kind of a funny name or just how we started. So um, coming up uh, June 8th will be kind of my brewing kind of anniversary. So kind of funny that I've been home brewing about three years and then professional brewing kind of three years, kind of coming in June. But on my birthday in May, my wife uh, bought me kind of a homebrew kit. It started really because you know, I was racing Ironman triathlon, actually watching Brew Dogs on TV on Esquire, and it looked, I loved craft beer, and they made it look like it's fun to make beer. So asked my wife, hey, you know, brewing beer looks like fun. I'd like to try it as a hobby. And she knew all your hobbies, you just go too crazy into it you know because triathlon started as doing these little sprint races and then i was doing 40 hours a week of training to try to get to you know kona um so she gave me the homebrew kit one gallon little kit and said hey you know you go crazy with your hobbies you have to drop a hobby or clone yourself so the funny side of me thought well you know she said um i think it was like four weeks into homebrewing she noticed this little logo that I had drawn on the computer and it said two times and she's like what's this two times thing and I was like oh there's there's another you said clone myself so there's this other Tom helping out and uh, kind of the name stuck as a home brewer there was no intention of opening a brewery uh, but I pretended as a home brewer to be a brewer I'd, la- I'd label my beers that's why I created a logo created an untap account and as a home brewer my untapped account was I think my average rating was like 4.25 as a like a wow. like a home brewer. So I just I mean I got a following really quick and a year and a half into it, had so many people kind of begging me to open something up with my business background. I, I knew the business side was easy and you know so many people were telling me that the beer was good and it wasn't family and friends. It was people that were right. trading for $300 bottles of beer. I'd go to these shares and. When it first go to those shares, you know, oh, you made this in your garage, oh, cute. And then started to get a following to where I'd go to those same shares, and the minute I'd walk up, you know, they'd push aside all these big dollar beers, and they're like, oh, they can't wait to try this. So I knew there was something there. Um, so we opened up and, uh, you know, kind of stuck with the name Two Toms, and we have fun with that. So we have a other Tom series where we do like a Selleck yeah. or a Petty. We did a tomfoolery. Uh, we do a major, which yeah. you like with the, yes, the can art the logo, on that. Because it's an astronaut guy. Yeah. It's an astronaut guy mm-hmm. with the, the Bowie kind of lightning bolt. So we, we have fun with that. You know? So that, that's one theme. And then we do kind of the, the sours kind of in different themes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, there is only one Tom. So that's, that's a big question that's asked. Um, I'd say the closest other Tom is my wife with the amount of work that she puts into the brewery and Really, I look at also our patrons. We, we have a T-shirt called I'm the Other Tom, and it, it's really, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really our customers and fan base that fuels my mind in thinking of new beers, in uh, 
working two jobs. I still work my corporate job as well. Um, but I'm fed off of people being excited about what we do. I, I'm still still feel like a home brewer a lot of days. And when somebody says that something's good, still a little doubt in my head once in a while. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's really cool that people get a little joy out of you know something that we make. Now your wife gets some of the uh, profits now because she came up with the name, the logo. The, the yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> she's, yeah. she's definitely full kind of ownership right along with me and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, because and she, it's funny because you know I always joke you know she instigated kind of this whole brewery with it started like a one one gallon brew kit so uh, yeah so for sure when when I tell the story and she's with me everybody points to her I say you're the one that caused this or yep. started this or so if, if she did not buy that kit I'd probably still be racing triathlon or doing something else so. Man, well I'm glad she bought you that kit because I remember the first time we had a podcast out there to two toms that um, it, I was blown away by all the beers I was like wow these beers are like way beyond what I was used to drinking especially with the, around our local breweries man it was just it was fantastic and it just gets better and better and better um, Kelly yes yes now what, what Here's the thing, though. What got you in? I want to know what got you into craft, craft beer. What got me into craft beer? Yeah, yeah. Go, go get a little bit closer to the mic and oh, tell me what got you closer to craft beer. Well, in 2016, yeah, my sister started giving me shit about not drinking beer. I was a hard liquor girl, um, tequila specifically. Mm. And um, in 2013, I had my fifth tequila drunk, and that about did it for me. I mm. wasn't able to drink hardly anything at all. Um, I've just gotten too old to have tequila drunks. Yep. <laughs> Mm. So um, she was like, you really got to try this. And honestly to God, it was at Upland because I'm in Bloomington. Um, I was not originally a big fan of Upland to begin with. Mm. Um, and then I was like, I really didn't want to go. And she, she was like, just come, just come out. You got to try this beer. And it was two of tarts. It's a Goza. Oh, yeah. And from that point on, I was like, I've been missing something, mm. you know. And so now I'm a huge Upland fan. I was a part of their SBS crew for a very long time. Um, I did the Sour Wild Funk Fests with them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do it with them. I, I went. I, like, I participated. Yes, yeah. participated. Drunkenly, obviously. And so, um, and then from that point forward, it's just been anything that I can find out about it. And I was going to say, I mean, I love your story about about how you got your name. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that you started as a home brewer and stuff like that. I mean, that was just awesome. And I know that you guys probably, Kelsey and Kevin, have known that story. But, mm-hmm. like, this is the first time that I'm hearing it. Yeah. And I, that was just amazing. Like, I'm sitting here cheesing like hearts. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, no, that's what got me into it. Ah, okay, that yeah. I just was a hard liquor fan, and I needed to ease up on the hard liquor. And then I stopped drinking beer in my early 20s because I just didn't like it. It was all shit beer. You yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm okay to swear, right? Because I swear a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Good. Yeah, this is a swearing Good. podcast. I mean, right. I mean, we are over, we're adults because sure, sure. I don't think any kids would listen to this podcast. Um, and I would be concerned if they talk did. talk about beer. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why are, you, why are you listening to the beer podcast? So, yeah, it looks like we have like a bunch of people like in here in the tap room. I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger in here. If you can like listen to the crowd, it's awesome. Freaking awesome. Tom, what is your favorite? Like, I know you brew beer, but what's your like, what's your favorite breweries? I mean, do you go? Do you get out and um, experience other breweries? Yeah, I still get out, or I guess get beer through like Tavor or trade things, or um, you know, still some of my favorite breweries. Um, I guess top two would be Hill Farmstead and Jester King. Um, I, I'm a big fan of 
saisons and farmhouse they're not the most popular beers out there but what those two breweries do really kind of inspire me kind of with diff- just different flavors and stuff um what really got me excited about you know probably my favorite style being ipa um the first time i tried treehouse oh yeah blew me away and yeah. i was just fascinated and i could not find anything like that back home here uh, so as a home brewer, I was just destined to just kind of figure that out. And, and when I did um, and, and started figuring, I remember reading even about milkshakes or other things, um, you know, I just, I just really took off on that, you know. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, I, I still I still love what Goose Island does kind of with their stouts. You know, that was the first beer that I chased kind of from their Bourbon County. Um, I know some people frown at it because they're, mm. you know, owned by a big company and stuff, but there's still an artistic nature kind of to, to kind of what they do as well. But um, if I, I had to only choose two, it would definitely be Jester King and, and, and nice. Hill Farmstead. Man, I, I've never had those two. I, may, I need to check those out. Kelsey, have you had those? I'm sure that I've seen that in Brandon's... Uh... Oh, Yeah rooms of beer yeah there's something with hill farm so they're they're in vermont and there's mm. something to the taste of their water their carbonation level every, everything's just so eloquent and perfect with it mm. and i think they they natural at naturally carbonate jester king similarly is is you know more farmhouse and other things like that but they use texas hill country well water in oh, their wow. brewing system, which sounds like odd, but it works. It, mm. it, they do some really kind of magical things um, with what they do. So those are more nuanced and kind of old. What 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 breweries? You, I, I think you know the day and age of what craft brewery used to be. I mean, if right. you think about it, every farm you go to had their own style of what they did and what they enjoyed, and it was different. It wasn't replicated anywhere. And that's what I love about the craft brewery scene is everybody has their own niche, their swim lane, if you will, or what they do, whether it's good or bad, you know, the community kind of rallies around what they like and, and, uh, I don't know, it's what gets you out of the house, Yeah, yeah. have conversation over beer, talk about beer. Sometimes the beer is just in the background and you're talking about other things. Sometimes you're really talking about the beer and that's what we try to do is get a little bit of both, but you know, get people kind of talking about you know oh i taste this flavor or this flavor and that's that's what i love about you know getting back together with people i miss shares or i miss talking about beer with people yeah i'd have to say that like i'm 100 percent on board with that and that has been like the best part of craft beer for me is because as i found like the gozes and i started with the sours i've i've evolved into stouts i like the lagers more the pilsners yep. and i've even come around to some of the ipas as we discussed earlier today yep. But the, the part of it that means the most to me as, like, a human being is the meeting of people, you know? Like, that sharing of beer and, yeah. and, and getting to know people at a different level, and everyone seems to be really very chill. Yep. And I was in that weird stage where I, my child was aging out, and I needed something else to do. I'd done the Martha Stewart shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not doing that anymore, yeah. and I needed to do something different. Yeah. And not that craft beer is my life like maybe yours, but I love it. Yeah. And I love the people that yeah. I've been able to meet through it. So definitely. Yeah, and I think it it drops down a lot of barriers. I mean, 
you, you talk with all different walks of life, what, whatever yes. your political background, but you could get around a beer and, and shed some of all the BS that's kind of within social media and other things like that, but, and, and have real conversation yeah. and realize everybody's like much closer than, than we think. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I think I've found through the medium of craft beer, those, that dialogue is, is so important, and I see it more and more. You know, if you come to our brewery, we don't have TVs on the wall because we're trying to create that environment of getting people to chat and talk around and uh, I don't know, build community. Yeah. yeah, I think it's beautiful. I love it. All right, so um, we're at the uh, almost the 30-minute mark, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to a break, and then after the break, we're going to dive into uh, Tom's beers here. We're going to like talk about the beer and the process, and, and just, yeah, we're going to dive in and see if you would have a pint or a serving. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. This podcast is brought to you by the Cinco Craft Beer Bar right in Bloomington, Indiana, where you can experience craft beer where you won't find anywhere else around. Trust me here when I say if you want to drink some kick-ass craft beer, the Sinkhole is where to go. If you like what you're hearing so far, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe for our weekly craft beer adventures. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search O-H-H-A-P. That stands for Out Here Having a Pint. Also, you can follow us on our YouTube channel, Out Here Having a Pint. Would you like to support our show? Go to anchor.fm slash O-H-H-A-P and click our support button. We'll give you a live shout out right on our podcast. Like to sponsor our show? Ask us a question or make a suggestion? Just email us at outofherehavingapint at gmail.com. nerds this is kevin from out here having a pint podcast join us bi-weekly as we discuss everything craft beer we are out here having a pint we are out here having a pint part of the on draft network now back to the show now back to the show all right and we're back man we we refilled on beers we went to urination stations and i think we're good (laughs) Recycled and refilled. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's get into these beers. So, um, Tom, I got the uh, key lime pie. So tell us a little bit about the ingredients on this uh, key lime pie. Yeah, so key lime pie was uh, one of those, I guess, dessert-inspired. Um, at the same time, I wanted something that was going to pop and color-wise and other things. So we took a kettle sour. So kettle sour is a sour that is basically soured within the kettle. So you, you, you mash uh, you, you boil the water or the wort, you get it up to, to where you kind of kill out the bacteria. You cool it down to about you know, 90 to 94 degrees, and then you inoculate it with uh, bacteria similar to like what you have in yogurt or, or other things. So that will, over a 24 to 48 hour period, get you kind of to a, a level of tartness. Really? 48 and then, hours? And then you, uh, then you boil it again, you ferment it like you do an, a, a clean beer. Um, and then uh, typically then you're adding some sort of fruits or other kind of, you know, the flavors that, that you want with that. Um, we try to use all natural things. So key lime pie, we use uh, key lime 
uh, puree. We actually add uh, in this one like 75 pounds of graham cracker. So we crush mm. graham crackers up um, and then add those to it. Uh, this one also has marshmallow. And then we color it with uh, natural coloring. So this comes from a wheatgrass juice uh, that, that actually adds kind of the coloring. So other ones, uh, like the cherry that we have, is naturally kind of colored, just cherries of that color. Sometimes we use, uh, like, different teas, like hibiscus or other things to kind of color. But uh, key lime, uh, we, we used to just have a key lime pie. This one, we started with our mallow scoop series. So we, we like uh, what marshmallow kind of does to a sour. So... For those that don't like that coin sweetness, it kind of mellows it out a little bit. So Malice Scoop has become kind of a, a great series for us. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know any other brewery that's doing, like, like quote-unquote Malice Scoops. But um, when I taste the Key Lime Pie, man, I'm getting everything in there, especially when it warms up. Um, yeah. so, and, then it, and on the back end of the, of the mouth. Yeah, so, so oftentimes um, people talk about warming up a stout. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stout, when it's too cold, all you get is that roastiness. Sometimes you get just coffee notes and other things like that. But as you let it warm up, especially if it's barrel-aged, that's when you get that vanilla kind of coming through. And it's not always vanilla added. Sometimes that's naturally kind of coming from the spirit or the barrel. Um, if it's a pastry stout or if there's other adjuncts, it, as that warms, it, it kind of gets on your tongue. Um, it's similar to if you're, you're tasting wine. You know, mm-hmm. if you let something warm on your tongue, let it warm up, keep your mouth closed, and then swallow it, and then breathe through your nose, you actually start tasting more things. And, and, yep. and uh, you know, the guys at Brew Dogs have talked about, you know, ways to kind of taste beer. Similarly to sours, I, I think, you know, we have many that as they warm up, or as you let them warm on your tongue, it explodes in kind of different ways and stuff. And that's that's kind of the intention with what we try to do with a lot of things. Um, we try, we, we call our beers fruit forward or flavor forward. We really, if I'm labeling it with these ingredients, you better taste it. So yeah. I, I, I hate when I go out and get a beer and it's like, it's a s'mores beer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I taste chocolate, but I don't taste anything else. Right. Like, How's this a s'mores beer? Yep. So... Um, we strive really hard to kind of get all those flavors to kind of come through. Like your, uh, what's it, uh, Neapolitan um, series? That, that sour, yeah. Man. That, that is like crazy. That, that one is so hard because, I mean, I mean, think of it. I mean, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, and then it's in a sour. You've had that in stouts, but mm-hmm. to have it in a sour, it sounds weird. And to have it all balanced and... It's all present in there. Yes, you taste every flavor there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that was perfect. When I had a taste of that beer, I'm like, oh, my God, this tastes exactly what it is. I tasted the chocolate, the strawberry, the vanilla. It just tasted so, like, ice creamy. Man, that, that was great. I and need to know about this one. <laughs> I, I am just now hearing this for the first time, yeah. and that sounds phenomenal. It, it, it's, Did yes. you get to try that, girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, I need to know about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, we, we need to. It's been well over a year since we've made that yeah. one. Again. So we, we've done it three times, maybe. But yeah, yeah, I think that was excellent. Kelsey, you got the uh, key lime pie as well over there. How, how do you, you like that beer over there? I really like this a lot, mm-hmm. and I am not a key lime pie eater 
Oh, I would eat a key lime pie in the, in realistic life. Yes, for sure. I don't know how else to put that other than I don't eat the pie, but I will drink the shit out of this beer. Yeah, it's great. This is so good. Yeah, it is. It, it, I've had some great uh, beer since we've been here, and this makes up for not having had the Alihi in a while. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I miss that beer yeah. so much. Yep. With the key lime pie, though, I do love the color. The color is like very bright green. Oh, yeah. And how do you get that color? I mean, is uh, I know you explained it a little bit, but... The wheatgrass. Yeah, that wheatgrass. What was the... Um, you also have a blue... Uh, oh, yeah, Blue Hawaiian. Blue so, Hawaiian. So, yeah, Blue Hawaiian, we use um, we use like a blue algae. Yeah. We actually import it from Australia. It looks like a, like a blue powder. Uh, many people, you know, mix some of these different powders just into protein shakes or other things. It's considered a superfood. But what it does is it, it really colors the beer to be this mm. bright aqua kind of ocean looking color and, and you know I've talked about it before so as a brewery I, I think you know obviously you know the nose and taste is, is very important but there's other aspects to the way we consume things you know mm-hmm. whether food or other things so you know the smell the taste but I think that the way a beer feels on your tongue yeah. so the acidity or is it heavy you know such as like a thick stout or our New England IPAs so that creaminess that kind of comes through. But the other thing, visually, I think it's fun to, to, to have beers that, that pop with yes. color and stuff like that and, and, and look in a different way. Be, and it, it, it causes conversation again. And especially, like, if you're at a festival, those are, like, great yeah. beers because everybody's coming up, oh, I, was, I, I need to have that green beer. I need to have that red beer. And we're, we're so, you know, I guess pattern to kind of think that beer needs to look or mm. smell or taste a certain way. Right. Um, I love that. It's that's an art, one of my, artistic medium. Yeah. Like just that's one of my favorite fun. things is when people are like, hey, what, what's that red drink that mm-hmm. everybody's been drinking? That looks really good. I want to try it. And it does happen a lot at festivals. They'll stop you and ask you, like, where, what tent can I go to, to to find this beer? And those just having those poppy colors. And I do agree with Tom where... It, People for a very long time have thought beers are, are supposed to look a certain type of way. You know, we're supposed to be able to see through it. The clarity's there. Then you bring on those NEIPAs, hazy, hazy boys. And now you've got, like, all these vibrant colors and ways that you can make beers just beautiful and taste really great. Well, that's what I was getting at. The color, I mean, I've had key lime pie on our, on our guest hat before. And then when I pour it, people's like, oh, wow, look at that color. And I was like, yep, that's that's great. I mean, the color is very bright, very vibrant, a uh, green color. When you taste the uh, key lime pie, right off the bat, it's like, it, you know, tingles your jaws a little bit because it is like the you know taste the sourness of it um and then the lime and then in the back end especially when it's like warmer you're, you're getting the 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 marshmallow there the like the little fluff in, you know in and the, the taste cracker. and I the graham yeah in the in the taste of the graham cracker you taste everything in there and i i think that's like hard for you know breweries or brewers to do because I, I'm the same way Tom like you if they're describing a beer and I don't taste it I'm like what did why did you describe this beer as this way because I have there's I don't taste this in the beer but every time that you um, I tasted your beer and every time it, you describe those um, those flavor notes I, I'm tasting those which is amazing to me so listen 
I love the key lime, but I really want to talk about the one Tom's drinking on right now. Mm, yeah, let's let's. Well, uh, Tom and, and Kelly. Kelly are they both? Well, yeah. What are you guys drinking on? What, uh, Tom, what do you got? So I have the uh, cherry mallow scoop. So we talked about mallow scoops of key lime. We made that into the mallow scoop series. Our mallow scoop has marshmallow in it. So yeah. uh, something about kind of the creaminess of that ending with a, the tartness just balances really well. Um, I've had kind of cherry-ish cobbler kind of things in my head before and stuff. So this one has tart cherry and sweet cherry balance with it and uh, with that marshmallow. And uh, it, it, it works really well. I mean, cherries are difficult. You could get really medicinal mm-hmm. and get cough syrup if you're, right, if right, you're not right. careful. Yep, yep. Um, this one, normally I worry about working with cherries. And I remember canning and it was like, Oh my gosh! I didn't stress about this tasting like cough syrup and. Um, no, you, there is no it, cough no, syrup. No, about it, 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 it is uh, so kind of like you're biting into kind of a juicy kind of cherry goodness, and then just to finish with that mallow scoop. And, and again, these these are like four percent beers, so they're easy drinking, they're crushable, they're refreshing on a hot day or you know late at night if you if you don't want something big and heavy. Um, and it opens up your palate to tasting other beers or getting ready for food or eating as well. And uh, so our, we, we've, been, we've had fun with this series. And that's what I like about it being at 4% because you can come down to the A Tap Room in Indianapolis, if you're in the Indianapolis area, and drink, you know, all, try all of these because they're only 4%. So, yeah. I've tried them all. <laughs> Kelly, what do you think about your, uh, your, your Malo Scoop cherry. cherry? Yeah. This cherry is phenomenal. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yes. No. I, I mean... It is probably my favorite sour that I have mm. had in a very long time. And mm. I say that a lot because I am a big fan of Hoosier Brewing's fruited sours. Yeah. Um, but I do miss the more kettle sours, which I'm assuming this is because it's a bit more clear. It's yep. not heavily fruited. Um, and whereas I do love the heavily fruited, this is my jam right here. This is a beautiful beer. Mm. Like, I bought a four-pack. I can see myself out there swearing at my gas weed eater over the weekend because we don't like each other. And I'm going to be able to, like, slam these and be a happy camper. Absolutely. I agree with that. That And Tom took everything that I had to say about this and ran with it because I have a, such a hard time with cherry anything because it does tend to be more medicinal and, you know, you might as well just knock back a thing of NyQuil. Mm. That's... I've always been scared to try anything cherry because I just know the outcome is going to be something I don't like. This one, total opposite. You did a great job with yeah, that cherry. Yeah. It yeah. is a beautiful beer. Yeah, indeed, folks. Absolutely. Don't be scared to get this because, yeah, I had this earlier today, and it was uh, fantastic. No, no, there's nothing medicinal about it. Those absolutely cherries, not. just like... Um, but the thing is, like, the cherry is not like um, the superstar here at the same time, though. I mean, there's, there's a lot going... There's... Uh, Little, it's complex um, because it's not just cherry. You are tasting the, you know, the marshmallow. You are tasting um, other things in there. You know the sourness, but you're not tasting just. You know, usually when I try um, cherry beers, cherry is like the only flavor that I'm tasting. You know, and some cherries or uh, beers that I'm tasting are not medicinal, but the cherry is like. That's all you're tasting, but I'm not tasting that. That's a little. Uh, that's a nice little blend that you got uh, going on yeah. in there. Well, and, yeah. and I think the other thing with with both of those beers, so the key lime and the cherry, you know, the tartness that finish, but it's also a dry finish, where you know it's not cloyingly sweet. So mm, yeah. often, too too many times when a beer's too sweet, 
it just sticks on your tongue and you're not ready to, you know, I, we want to create beers that are dry enough finished that you're ready for the next sip and you're ready for the next pint. You know, it, a beer should be quenchable and, and, you know, allow you to kind of continue, continue to kind of drink more or want to try other things. Uh, too many times breweries put all those flavors into it and it's cloyingly sweet. And I, 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 I a good example, I call them like, you know, festival beers. So they're mm. great for a little sip. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this tastes like, you know, cotton candy and, you know, you know, some kind of candy bar or other things like that. And I could sip it, you know, two ounces of it. But if you poured me a pint, I've been to places like that. And it's just mm. like I, I can't even get through four ounces. Right, because your palate's destroyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you have a cotton candy. So yeah, I threw Ooh, cotton yeah. candy. So that so yeah, a tap room's got three of our sour, actually four sours. So three kettle sours. The the third. So beyond the Mallow Scoop series, we've been doing, uh, you know, candy scoop series. So playing off of like hard candy mm. flavors. We originally did a blue raspberry. We've done some other things. We actually have a cotton candy one and. and I think to most people, they think cloyingly sweet. So it, it's been one that people are a little afraid of. I, I swear, if you if you buy it, uh, you, if you try it, it's going to blow your mind because oh, it, yeah. it it takes you kind of into that candy world without being uh, too candyish, being too sweet. It's right. got that tartness, um, similar to kind of the weirdness of. You know, the, the Neapolitan kind of for a sour, I think the cotton candy kind of works kind of in its own right, too. Hell yeah. That one was fantastic. Yeah. You can drink all those cotton candies and have way less cavities than if you ate some cotton candy. <laughs> yes. Kelsey, what else you got over there? I saw, I see you um, with another, I mean, you got two beers there. What, what's going on? Well, you know, I wanted to try all the ones. Okay, so before I tell you that, Tom, can you tell us a little bit about the benevolent Yes, yeah, so the other sour we do have at a tap room is benevolent commotion. Uh, this is batch three, so um, the idea with it is uh, truly kind of mixed fermentation sour. So, as I described, kind of the kettle sour kind of earlier, mixed fermentation. You brew a beer clean, and then after you you kind of halt the fermentation process, you rack it into barrels, and then you inoculate it with several strains of bacteria and brett and other things so these are good bacteria that you find kind of maybe on fruits or other things that are naturally occurring the blend makes it more com complex so these sours tend to be slightly more acidic but as you taste them they're there's so much more going on there's so many layers similarly as things kind of warm up but they're more wine-like, maybe a little bit, um, and, and other things. Have a Chardonnay. Is it, so this is was it aged in Chardonnay barrels, and and, nice and often, finish. oftentimes people like, oh, what's the fruit or the because there's a slight uh, fruitiness kind of to it, and that's totally from the wine barrel kind of coming through, and the, and kind of those those yeast strains. So there's probably about twenty-ish different strains of bacteria and yeast and other things kind of going on with it. These are like back when I was talking about uh, Hill Farmstead or Jester King. Those are the style beers that they do that just are so magical. And those are the ones, that's the style of beer that I dream of kind of doing better and better and introducing people kind of to that. That's when, when, you, when you were talking about uh, the two breweries that you like to get beer from that are out of state. I immediately thought of that benevolent because I could see you've got like, I could taste the passion behind that beer. Yeah. Yeah. And 
that one is Kelly and I talked about this it's it's more of a, a wild yeast um, got a lot of funk happening in there which you don't find very many of those especially around here so I enjoyed I really enjoyed that one and it's only five percent it kind of tastes like a little right it's five yeah ABV. yeah so so the so the generally I mean we do them lighter lighter in general um, but what's interesting is you're thrown into a barrel and then you're letting the yeast or the bacteria kind of and you're sitting on it for you know a year to 18 months to oh, like wow. another one we're releasing tomorrow that's almost two years wow. and you have no idea if the bacteria is going to take it in a wrong direction so so we're going up to fort wayne tomorrow right <laughs> yeah well actually so surprise um if it hasn't sold out already um the bottles of our uh our new beer called Sight Glass. So if you're familiar with a brewery, a Sight Glass is is basically like this tube-looking item that as you're transferring beer or other things, you can see things kind of flowing, make sure things are, are, are working okay. Our new beer is called Sight Glass Color, and it's a new series that we're going to start with mixed fermentation beers, but kind of blending them into the line of a little bit kettle sourish so so making them approachable so this one was uh, aged almost two years in tequila barrels mixed fermentation so it has that bread has that funk but we then secondarily kind of conditioned it with cherries and key lime and there's a, so you have that with a little bit of a vanilla note but it finishes just gloriously kind of very tart acidic balanced with some funk going on and, and it uh it's a work of art. Um, we, we put it in uh, a clear champagne bottle, so it looks like red soda pop. Wow. Um, so we're calling this, so we named the color of the beer and the, and the ABV. So this one's Rojo, and it was in tequila barrels. Um, so trying to get people excited that would chase after these kettle sours into the vein and introduce them because I think barrel-aged sours are, are really magical so uh, you know that's one of the goals that with our new barrel room and other things beyond kind of stouts that we do we're going to try to introduce people to funky stuff barrel-aged stuff and then play around with barrels that you normally don't have i mean you know, we have some uh cognac punchins uh, that we mm. just imported from france that we're going to be playing around with soon. very nice hell yeah kelsey what is your beer so now that I've gone through the fantastic uh, Mallow Scoop Kettle Sour, yeah, I went for Birdwall. Okay. So, Tom, you want to tell us about Birdwall? Because I know there's like a description on that can, but I don't want to. I don't want to take yeah, that so, away. Yeah. So, some people, if if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, may understand the the reference, uh, Charlie Day, and and everything. Uh, it actually came out of as a as a home brewer. Uh, we we tried to kind of raise money. We had a barrel-aged beer that I thought was really good and uh, wanted to raise money. So we did this fundraiser where we auctioned off uh, or had bottles uh, on auction. We had some other things. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes at, at these auctions I see breweries are like, you know, have a brew day experience. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of stupid, but uh, what about a brew day experience with Tom, you know, doing his home brew? So uh, somebody won that. I think it went... It was the highest bidding thing. I think it went for gosh, almost a hundred dollars, maybe, or something like that. So, so the person that um, you know won it 
picked out like a style of beer. They wanted it in New England, but wanted it kind of truly kind of to that style up there. They had a few kind of beers. So we started going off of that. We brewed the beer and then it came to, I was like, well, you need to name this. And he was a huge Always Sunny fan. <laughs> and uh, so said that bird law. And then I found kind of, again, kind of a label. So some folks still have the, the original beer label and other things that, because we did that as a homebrew, but it really stuck. And, and um, you know, we talk about, um, there's different quotes and other things. So people, you know, on social media love kind of when bird law comes out. Um, actually, that was the one poster that was stolen from our brewery oh, yeah, on, I remember on that. a Saturday. Yes, so I we, remember So that. we redid that. And then on the back, if you, if somebody steals that poster now, there's like a, Picture of Jesus saying, yep. like, what you, what you doing? <laughs> right. So Man. maybe there's a little guilt, but, uh, you know, like, like a lot of our IPAs, I'm proud of this one, uh, you know, Simcoe, Mosaic, Citra. It's a lot going on, uh, but it's true to New, the New England style, so it still finishes dry, which a lot of, unfortunately, Midwest <laughs> New England's mm. are too sweet, in my opinion. Um, yeah, They're true. hazy IPAs, but a New England IPA has to be pillowy soft dry finish and, and that citrus kind of coming through and it needs to look like you know orange juice yeah not, not slightly hazy it needs to stay from a can cold or whatever doesn't settle out if you do it the right way so yeah i um have been having a lot of trouble finding any ipas that i really love now just because oversaturation especially here in indianapolis of everyone wanting to have an any IPA, right? Yep. Um, there's a there's a couple that I like, but as always, Tom, I love this beer. Mm. I could drink this one very easily. I haven't and, had it yet. And it's that juiciness, I think, is what really makes the difference because I'm kind of over like all the milkshakes and overly like bitter. Yes. And I'm trying to get back to mm. the juiciness of things. Yeah. So I've been drinking more traditional style beers lately, and I've been going away from the NEIPAs because yeah, you have a lot of welcome back. A lot of breweries here, though, it's almost like I've had it before. You know what I mean? Like, they, there's nothing special about them. It's just like meh, another NEIPA. This one's fantastic, Kevin. If you're nice to me, I'm gonna let you try it. Okay. Well, I'm no. You don't have to let me try. I'm just gonna buy one myself. You know what I mean? Um, you can taste it for a podcast. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let me taste it. <laughs> we want to know what Kevin thinks. But yeah, I, well, I'm sure the audience doesn't want to wait for me. But Tom, you did bring a banger though here too. I, I think there's something on the menu like what 14 percent alcohol by volume here. Yeah. So, so our Russian Imperial Stout is called uh, Dark Necessities. It's actually the, I guess, as a home brewer, the beer that really kind of one of the beers that put me on the map. Kind of just. Uh, so I started barrel aging early on, getting five small five-gallon barrels. And Dark Necessity, if you look at the label, it's a moth going to a flame. So the thought of Dark Necessity is something that's so delicious that you're just drawn to it um, you know, so much. Uh, we had a special barrel that was uh, uh, provided to us by Copper Spoon in Fort Wayne. Great, great uh, uh, restaurant. And... and uh, we put our dark necessity in that, so it was a, a single barrel select uh, Elijah Craig. Uh, put that in that, let it age uh, almost a year, uh, pulled it out, and then did a special beer dinner and other things like that. Um, we had one keg, and, and Eric wanted something you know, really special, so we have a six still that we brought down 
you know, as part of this. Um, and uh, I think I have, you know, a couple bottles back at the brewery that aren't my private stash, but it's a special beer in that you get that those tannins from the barrel. You get um, a bit of, if you're an Elijah Craig fan, you get a bit of that kind of coming through. But Dark Necessity in its own is just a, it's a special beer to me. Um, mm. We've taken that beer aged in rye barrels with vanilla. and um, We've been invited to Fobab, which is the largest um, you know, barrel-aged beer festival wow. uh, in the U.S. Uh, we, we were, we've gone two years now, so in our infancy of being a brewery. And back to kind of Goose Island, I mean, their vanilla rye that they did back in, what, 2014 is like, you know, the gold star of any beer. And we brought um, our own kind of a rye barrel-aged kind of vanilla. And uh, while it wasn't to their standard or level, I, I was proud to have it poured at that event. And people... We're, we're blown away with it. Uh, this one doesn't have vanilla in it, but uh, if you want to try a rock star vanilla, uh, just Russian Imperial Stout. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to thick, try it. Yeah, I'm going to get a Thick taste. body, a lot going on. Again, it's one that you want to warm up because that barrel kind of comes through. And that's what I'm excited about, just, you know, having our expansion with the barrel room. Um, we just opened up in April, and it just allows me the space uh, to play and have some fun with with uh, unique barrels that are out there, and also provide people a space that they could now rent for whatever occasion. And it kind of becomes kind of a, a different backdrop. So the look and feel of it is totally kind of distillery or whatever. So um, you know, so it's available for birthday parties, rehearsal dinners, other things. But first and foremost, it gives me space because our tap yeah. room was running out. Of, I was. I'm addicted to barrels. Yeah, we, and, uh, I was going to ask you about that room. And adding and yeah. adding and adding. So I have probably about 30 in there right now. We still have several in the tap room, but we have space probably, you know, space out with kind of, you know, closer to 75, 100 barrels. And, and that'll I'm, allow us to do a lot more blending and, and other cool things. So. I love the lighting. You, sh- you, you you show me the pictures of that room. That, yeah. that room, that lighting is fantastic yeah, a little bit darker feel yeah a little man bit kind that of, vibe is great i don't yeah. know cigar bar feel or oh something yeah like, like, that, like a little, 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 little almost like a little speakeasy place yeah yeah, yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, so that's that's what we're after with it uh we've had you know people have retirement parties already and other things and booking up for rehearsal dinners and all the time it, it's hard to shut the tap room down for somebody that wants to do something special like that this this allows us to do beer dinners or other things or have kind of a neat unique space and it's dual purpose so yeah. So I tasted that bird law. That bird law is no joke. You're going to have to come down here and, and taste that. Um, man, silky on, on the tongue, man. That it's is silky pill- smooth. Soft, man. Yes. That citrus kind of comes through. Yeah, the citrus comes through. There's a lot of, there's a, the, the, the tropical notes that taste like mango, pineapple, all those tropical citrusy flavors that are just like, ex, you know, explodes in my mouth. This and, and the bitterness. The bitterness, like, you taste that bitterness through there, but it goes away automatically right at the very end, which I was like, wow, this is excellent day beer. That's going to be my next beer, Kelsey. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so good. I'm glad you're driving. Um, are we taking an Uber home? <laughs> We're probably going to have to take an Uber home. <laughs> um, now, Tom, there's one that is on there that I just really want to ask you about. Your seltzer. Yeah. Oh. So we have four seltzers, actually. So, so if you come to the A-Tap Room, 
there's one on on tap, but then there, there's a mixed four pack. So we've been messing around with seltzers quite a while. Uh, we've done some that are wine like, and others we did these mixed ones that you know just got tired of seeing you know bad seltzers out there, and um, I knew that there's people that like that stuff and 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 wanted to make seltzers that i was proud of um, we don't jump into any fad or other things if i don't like it and i'm never going to produce something that i'm not proud of just because it's going to sell or other things so uh, the one that they have on tap is a pina colada so it's um, we take our seltzers it's a brewed seltzer so it's not spiked like with vodka so we actually have to brew it uh, just like you would a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, after we, it's fully fermented, then we add real fruits or purees or other things to it, similar to like our sours. So uh, the pina colada has coconut and has pineapple in it. We have a mango dragon fruit that uh, is a gorgeous beer. It's got this purplish pink hue uh, that's naturally just dyed with the dragon fruit. Um, we have a, our, a key lime, uh, so it's, it's green as well. So it's got the key lime. It's got a little bit of a marshmallow kind of kick to it. And then we have a strawberry lemonade one. Um, each of them are crushable. They're about 4%. There's a little bit natural sugar from the fruits. So they're maybe not quite as healthy as, like, you know, some of the other big brands. But there's no extracts. All of those, anything that's clear out there and, and you're getting flavors, there's fa- a lot of fake stuff. And... and that worries me of what's actually in it or would worry me if I was a drinker of a lot of seltzers. But right. these ones are great. I mean, um, you know, especially summertime, you want something that's lighter. Uh, seltzers are a bit thinner body, you know, than, I mean, most people will notice than beer, so it's not heavy on your tongue. But if you're mowing the lawn or you're just wanting something on a really hot day and it's refreshing and you don't want just water, I mean, seltzers are, are a great thing to, to do. And People have loved these things. Um, you I was going to ask how, how they've been going at the brewery for you. They've been going really well. We did uh, a really big batch and did these mixed four packs, and everybody likes to have like a variety to kind of taste. And uh, again, the colors are fun. You know, instead of having something just crystal clear, when somebody pours it out in the glass, I'm like, oh my goodness. This, so we've had. Uh, Several people are are fans of a certain one and says, you know, you need to make this pina colada all the time or somebody's the dragon. So people arguing over that, which is neat to kind of see. And it's 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 men and women. And, uh, you know, it's it's another category that's out there. And Mm -hmm. um, but we're proud of the product that we're putting forward. I I would drink it as well. I haven't enjoyed seltzers and literally in the last like three weeks four weeks i have had an opportunity to try some that have completely changed my mind and i'm excited to try the ones that you have here i mean seriously because the beers that i've had so far of yours and just just you in general i mean i'm sorry but i know that you guys know each other but i just met you today and i'm super freaking impressed (laughs) and i'm not trying to be an ass kiss because i'm not you know Seriously, I'm really excited about the seltzers at this point, too, because what I have had recently from Brandon at Cedar Creek and the one that Scarlet Lane that we had, I think, last week when we went there, the coffee one, blew my mind. And so, so far, these have been so awesome. I cannot wait to yeah. try these. That's what's exciting. I mean, seeing breweries almost really not be handcuffed by what a seltzer is supposed to be. You know, there was a lot of breweries trying to do it the same way, 
crystal clear filter or other things, and they were not good no. to start no. as well. Not at and all. I think everybody, being we have to brew on them too, you, you need to be careful. You get a little skunkiness or kind of, mm-hmm. you know, egg egg smell kind of to it. Perfect. And stuff. That's exactly so, it. It's like almost like an yeah. egg smell and an egg taste, yeah. which is why I was like, yeah, and when it stays within yeah. there. So, what we've been able to kind of do and what other breweries, I mean, really kind of, you know, to add real fruit, add real flavor kind of to it, and then, you know, it tastes really good. I mean, because I've had a lot of seltzers. I mean, some of them, you know, continue to kind of have that off flight kind of flavor yeah. to it. And no. Supposedly help it healthy. I'm excited. I'm excited to try them. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it, guys, it's like 10 o'clock. I think it's like... Okay, well, before we before we leave, Tom, was there any announcements or anything you wanted to tell us yeah. about you, Tom? Um, gosh, I mean, just, I mean, the main thing, I mean, we, we opened up, uh, you know, the new space. Um, you know, come out and see that. Come out and visit us. If you know Two Toms, we're releasing something new almost every week. Uh, we have our luau kind of coming up, you know, so tickets are on sale at... Uh, uh, on tap tickets, you know. So if you look at look that up, so July twenty fourth, come out and see us. We're gonna have several breweries, several flavors that we're kind of coming out with. We always do a big anniversary beer, bringing back some some other things. So you know, check that out, and uh, you know, keep an eye on us on social media because uh, we get some other other things that could be going down this year, uh, just with growth and other things that could be exciting as well. Yeah, I'm excited. Kevin, what was your favorite beer today? Uh, my favorite beer was um, I had a New England IPA. It wasn't the Bird Law. What? What? A, Symbol Monkey. Yes, yeah. the Symbol Monkey. That was great. I love that beer. But I'm gonna. Hopefully, they can maybe. I know it's almost closing well, time here at the A you. Tap Room. Okay, yeah. All right. So Kelly, we'll do what was that. your favorite? Cherry. This cherry just blew my mind. Kelsey, seriously. what was my favorite? Kelsey, what was your favorite? The Benevolent. Benevolent? Yeah. Oh, Tom, what was your favorite? What, do you, what is your favorite beer? I, I do you even have a favorite? Tab, I don't know. It's like choosing between your kids. Uh, that's true. That's it. I, I won't let you do that. All right. So um, that's it for out of here having a pint. Hey, if you got to visit a tap room, they're here all month. Two Tom's Brewing. you got to try all these beers. They're fantastic. You would not be disappointed. And, hey, go up to Fort Wayne. And yes. Visit uh, Two Tom's. Excellent place out there. And Tom is an excellent dude. I love him and his wife. And thanks for the meat, by the way, which was Absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's it for Outer Having a Pint. And what do we do after uh, in a, each other? I don't have a glass. Oh, my God. I just, they, 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 they took it. Give me give me that glass over there. Give me your beer. Yeah. Um, so what do we do after every episode? We raise our glasses and we say, cheers, cheers you little crap beer nerd.